Hello, Acaville Radio. Welcome to another episode of Talk Acapella. It's a podcast for the acapella community where we examine the culture as well as the ins and outs of vocal music, along with the people who are working to shape it. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Alexander. Joining me as always is... Alicia Edwards. Alicia, how are you doing today? I sound so excited when I say my name. I don't... <laughs> you should. I'm who just... shouldn't be excited about their names? Come on. Why I'm just you really... Be? I'm kind of tired today, but it's like more of a slap happy thing. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm tired to the point where I'm slightly missing. Right. I, I know that feeling. I'm like, you just like, you yeah. have nothing but at the same time. You have so much energy yes, just because you're yes, that that's tired. It. That's I, it. I get it. I get it. I've been there so many times before. But uh, man, it's good to hear from you. I am super hey, you excited for today. I'm just like blown away by everything I have seen from our guests today. <laughs> Same. And this is wonderful because we actually, they're returning guests. At least one of the members that we'll be speaking today yes. is a returning guest of Tacapella. But now we get to speak to the whole group. Joining us today is who, Alicia? We have the members of, I'm going to butcher the name because it's not pronounced the way I would think when I see it, but um, three of the members from Postier in Denmark, which is very cool. We have Tina Fleece-Ronsfeld. I'm probably butchering that too. And she's actually a returning guest. She was on the show a couple years ago. Lucas Huang and Christopher Finbo Thorning. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Thank you. How are you all doing today? Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Yes. Yes, it is. That's always good. I'm curious. I should know this because I can Google it, but I'm curious as to what the time difference is. Like, what time is it in Denmark right now? It's 5 p.m. in Denmark. Just for just for my own curiosity, do you all prefer morning interviews when you do interviews, or do you prefer like late at night or middle of the day? Where do you all stand with that? Well, I have small kids, so like in the middle of the day, work, working hours, then I won't get interrupted. So, <laughs> so let's see how, how this go in the middle of the weekend around the dinner time. Right. And now that you well, said that, someone's going to interrupt you. I, I can. Right. Well, yeah. What, what, what about, about you, Tina and uh, Lucas? Lucas? Well, I also have a, a son. He's almost three. So okay. yeah, I was. I have already prepared dinner. So so when nice. we're done here, I can just go straight to the table and uh, <laughs> and enjoy a family dinner. Perfect. That's, That's awesome. awesome. And for me, I have no kids, so I like to sleep late. <laughs> so <laughs> so so morning meetings is not the best for me. But everything <laughs> after ten a.m. that will be fine. And um, yeah. All, all day is fine for me. I, I so relate with that, Lucas. I'm so with yes, you right there. Yes, me too. More I, I don't have it. children yet. <laughs> so, so and as, I like to sleep late. <laughs> <laughs> right. So as Alicia mentioned, you know, this is a wonderful episode for us because we get to catch up and not only with Tina, but other members of Postair today. And this has been a long time coming. We've been trying to get them back on the show to talk some new material, talk their new music. So we know that John, the former host of Tacapella, spoke with Tina just back in 2018. And so I'm curious, how has life been over the last year for you all? Well, we have been back on tour and then we've also been not on tour because of this whole pandemic situation. But, uh, but basically, since, since I last talked to you, talk appellate listeners, we've been writing a lot of songs. Just as I, as I said, we would. Uh, in total, I think we've been writing about 70. Uh, wow. These 70 sketches for oh new songs. Goodness. And then we've been in the studio uh, recording some of them. And we are still in the studio recording some more of them. Last year, we went to Shanghai 
for wow. concerts and workshops in Shanghai and Shenzhen in China. And uh, I think Christopher and Lucas will tell you more about that because uh, something we also did on that uh, journey was to record the video of our latest single. Oh, that's awesome. I can't fathom like trying to create that much music. <laughs> I've never even done that or tried to even think about doing that. So that's just- I am just, uh, I'm just blown uh, away. Exactly. And I, and I can't wait. I, I know one of the big things we're going to discuss today is Broken Parts, you all's new single. And I definitely want to get to that, but I wonder if we can just kind of back up because I'm, I'm really curious about just the idea of Polestar in general. And I'm curious, just because you all have been singing to well i guess the group has been in existence for quite a bit of time more than 10 years at this point and i just to kind of kick things off do you feel that the same goals that were core to poster like in your early days of the group's foundation are they still intact do you feel like you know the identity has been the same has there been any shift in the way you all approach music the way you function as a group at all yeah i mean it's i guess it's a yes and a no since we write our own songs and then then the songs we write are close to our hearts and follow our uh, lives so uh, when we grow older of course our songs will kind of reflect that but i think the idea of posture has like the way that we want to yeah create an original a cappella music and we want to work with the electronic elements in our music and and work with the electronic composition is hasn't changed so so in that way we kind of the core that posture is an electronic a cappella band or an e cappella band right is uh, is still intact <laughs> i guess <laughs> do, you, do you like that that's I, I fantastic <laughs> That was a great way. That we we stole it from a former German group called the uh, uh, Juice Box that, oh, yeah. that okay. called themselves E Capella, and <laughs> I really like that because because we are a cappella. We are working only with our voices, but we are transforming it sometimes so much that you can't really hear anymore. And the question also is: is it is it important anymore? If uh, yeah, in the music that we do, but we are an a cappella band, and that hasn't changed. We're still five singers. We celebrated 10 years anniversary uh, this yeah last year. We had a big concert here in Denmark in October, and there we kind of recapped of some of the things that the working partners we had through the years and sang some of the really really early songs and also sang some new material. And it was like just really nice to have this looking back at a long life together. Yeah. So yes and no. If I can just add, I think that. In the beginning, we didn't really know what we wanted to do. We only knew what we didn't want to do. <laughs> so, uh, so we, we kind of knew that, yeah. that we, we wanted to write our own music. We didn't want to make so many cover songs like many other groups. And we we wanted to stir things up. That's actually what it means. It comes from the okay. word stir. Uh, that we wanted to stir things up and create a little bit of a, a friendly fuss or something like that. And I think over the past 10, 11 years, we have slowly started to figure out also what, what it is we want to do, that we want to write songs about our lives and also about other people's lives, songs that can tell stories that really get under your skin and talks about the big questions and topics in life. And then all the things that we started out doing with, you know, having the electronic elements right in the front. Well, they're still in the front, but I think in the center of it all, the songwriting is and the messages that we are trying to deliver about, yeah, being a human being in a big world. 
And that's so fascinating because both Tina and you, Christopher, as well mentioned, you know, the whole idea of songwriting and just kind of this idea of it changing, which is very interesting in itself because acapella, we know so many groups do covers and you all have been just, you know, you knew that wasn't what you wanted to do. And that's what has been so unique about the group is you all are primarily, you know, an original band. And I'm, I'm curious when you think of compositions and you think of songwriting and what changes or you know what do you focus on now that you didn't focus on i guess earlier because you think of a lot of songwriters you know they got their start when they were younger and so the idea of you know the dilemmas of an 18 year old what they might write about is not going to really compare to what you know someone in their 30s 40s at the end of the day so in terms of composition how has that changed in terms of you know the the subject of your songwriting or has it changed at all? Am I making assumptions? I'm I'm smiling right now and, and looking at the at Tina because uh, because we we have these uh, discussions at our concert where we want to do some of our old materials that we really would know how to how and how how works with an audience and and sometimes we we just smile and just do it but also we kind of like yeah that that song we are almost grown out of uh, like some old clothes and uh, we still really like to sing it but but it's not so close to how we feel about music or what we want to interpret or, or communicate at our concerts i guess i think again in the beginning we uh, the first, our first album was more or less like a collection of songs that we had already written before we started Posture and songs that we wrote in the very beginning where we didn't really know so much about where we were headed to. That is also why it's called the Posture Project. We didn't even know if it was oh, okay. going to, you know, be something else than this one project. But then later on, we also started writing, you know, knowing what is possible in this group with the voices and the electronic elements. We could start composing not just songs, but songs for this specific group. And then about five years ago, when Lucas joined the group, then I think we started writing in another way because uh, Lucas is a very experienced uh, songwriter. Uh, and uh, and you introduced us all to a more like a collaborative way of, of writing songs, not just alone or in pairs, but as a, as a whole group. Maybe you could say something about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think what's interesting about the posture songwriting at the moment is that that we're actually writing together, which means that we meet two people, three people, five people. We start out, you know, with a cup of tea and talk about life and where we are. And, you know, just just what stories we bring to the table today. That's how we actually meet most of the times. And then when we start a songwriting session, it's all about, you know, just collecting ideas from everyone and finding chords, finding melodies and trying to um, capture an emotion or a story. And the way I think it's special is that we don't say no to anything in the beginning. We just kind of like everyone tips in what they have in mind. And then we kind of have the sketches there. And then if we like a sketch, we pick it up again and then we develop even more on it. And then sometimes somebody starts to arrange on it, either uh, on, a, on a piece of paper or somebody starts on the computer arranging or somebody finished the whole song. But in that way, we all have a little bit of everyone in it, which means that we, we have the time to push and pull so that we actually become more in center of what all five of us or what the songwriters really want to do. And that is a little bit different than if someone just comes with an idea already and then we have to build on top of that so that's that's how we started writing some years ago 
And it takes a little longer sometimes and there's more discussions, but I think with like the positive um, approach to it, it's always about how can we make this song better? So every time someone comes with a suggestion, it's not about pulling something away. Like, I don't like this. It's always about what if, what if we did this or what if we changed the course to this? So, so for me, it's always to adding something positive to the song. So what else was before kind of just fades away instead of saying, no, I don't like this. So in that way, I think like for me, like when we write a song, it's not the first version that's going to be the end of the song, but it might be the fifth version or the, you know, many, many versions after. Maybe we change first the chords, first the chorus, then we change maybe the verse, then we change the bridge. So it's actually going to be a whole new song. But in that way, I think we are trying to make the best quality of the songwriting as possible. So it sounds like it's always about the evolution of something with you all. It's about what can we do to keep progressing with what what we have established here it, and it sounds like a very connected process to me like you all are very collaborative very connected i was i was actually i'm glad i'm glad that you talked about that lucas because i was actually very curious as to what that process looks like when you have multiple arrangers collaborating to produce or basically to not produce but i, I guess create one of one of your songs and so I, I noticed on your your video no home without you it says in the, the description that everyone was involved in the composing of it. And so I thought that was very fascinating. And I kind of fell in love with that song. So it, it, it just spoke to me. And the video with it was, it made the song that much more powerful for me. And so I, I think that was fantastic. Thank you. Well, yeah, I, think that, I think that one of the, well, this is a song that also obviously means a lot to us. This song, No Home Without You. And it is an example of how our songwriting is also evolving from, you know, our early our early work with love songs and, and things like that, happy, happy songs and more like it. I would say about my own songwriting, a little more two-dimensional kind of songwriting. And then this this song that I think Lucas can tell you more about the background of this of this song. Yeah, I can. Yeah. Well, technically, it started with some of us sitting at the piano and just playing around with chords and melodies. And the good thing is that everyone is putting in different ideas. And, you know, sometimes you just in a group, you just feel, OK, this sounds good. We like it. So we go with that flow. And after that, we jammed the lyrics and it ended up with us putting a story in it. And the story is actually from my family story is they're both refugees from Vietnam. And it's about the insecurity of when you're fleeing a country and you have maybe your family with you, you have children with you and how to cope with this situation. And we try to kind of capture that feeling in the lyrics. So we, we started putting the lyrics to paint the pictures of, of how that must have been that journey. And after the song is kind of like written, we take it to another dimension and that's the arranging part, like the bridge part or some people call the mid-eight part. I think it was something that uh, some of the group later on uh, developed like 
for more like how do you say acapella arranging as well I think Tina uh, you did some of it where we're like how can the feeling and emotion evolve in this part where there's not so much lyrics and how can the voices uh, give you the emotion and later on as well we put it into the computer and that's where Christopher has a lot to tip in how can we make this an arrangement where you can get the emotion by putting in the sound into different filters and yeah you can talk more about that but that's just to 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 tell you about how a song can evolve all the time like from the songwriting the storytelling to the a cappella arranging and then to the electronic and uh, contemporary computer development so a song for us is not is songwriting but the songwriting it also happens in the arranging and in the computer i would say I remember, I remember when this song started appearing, it was right around the time where I became a mother for the first time. And thinking about what Lucas' family has been going through, traveling across the ocean in a small boat with a baby and with Lucas's brother, and uh, how I would feel about that, that leaving home behind and going somewhere you don't know where it is to build a new one and thinking about that, what is a home? Is a home a place? Or is it the people that you that you love? And would it be enough to arrive safely on the shore? I don't think it would. You you wouldn't be able to build a happy life unless your kids would make it out with you. And um, I think this is a very important story to tell. So yeah. you can also say that it kind of reflects the way that we are approaching new music now. It's I guess maybe a more mature way, or at least a more well, you can say we have better time now. We didn't want to rush this project. We wished that it took the time that the the song should have. So it, like Lucas has said, it had different like elements or or yeah, a structure of how we how we finish the song. So it has the first composition part, and then we arranged it for voices, which we usually do when we have some kind of finished song sketch. Then we arrange it for voices, and then we record some of it. We actually recorded some of the song two times because. First, we made a song demo, and then we started working on it in the studio, producing some sounds, and then we recorded the whole thing one more time uh, because it changed. Uh, some right. of the vocal arrangement changed uh, during that time, and then then I had this idea to to get my daughter because of this story, because of this uh, this family behind it, to to sing the first part. This. Uh, So I kind of heard that. How would that sound if if it was a girl singing it instead of Tina or Aline mm -hmm. singing it? And uh, it made this. So we tried that, and it actually it worked really well. And we then we started producing it, and we actually all the, the glitches and all the small electronic stuff, and also actually most of the beat uh, in the song are created out of that small sample of my daughter. So, wow. so the whole thing kind of wraps around this family theme and this bringing your family into whatever you're doing. And uh, and I mean, for 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 us, it's a, a beautiful story to think about when we sing it. And and actually, at our 10 year anniversary, we got my daughter to come on stage and sing that with us. But mostly, mo like just when you hear it, it's just those small details that for mm -hmm. us makes it uh, a beautiful song that we would 
keep with us for many, many years, I think. And this process of bringing ourselves and our, our stories and our lives into the music in very different ways, both in the songwriting and the arranging and in, in the end process of producing it. And yeah, and now also singing it live. Man, that that's there's so much that just went into this song that I couldn't even fathom. This is um, amazing. I'm glad and I'm thankful that we were able to hear this story behind behind this music because it's. I think it's so important that you know we get we get hooked on. You know, does it as you're all saying? Does a song sound great? You know, does it have the nice effects? But we don't spend enough time on the the art and the artistry behind it and the the emotion and Lucas your story behind it is so amazing and so incredible so thank you for sharing that and I'm listening to all this and I'm processing it and I've gone and listened to the song and I know that you all incorporate tech so much into your music and I think that it's woven into what you all do so wonderfully well and I'm curious because for me and I know there are others out there you know at times you like a pure acapella sound but then there are other times when you like a little bit more process to the music and you all seem to find some kind of this wonderful balance where you know you're still able to deliver on the emotion deliver the story deliver the message but still make it sound so so futuristic make it sound so incredible and i'm curious how do you know when that balance is right when it comes to adding in effects and processing and the the different techniques that you all bring to your music well i think the thing is that we don't really know and we we don't always agree on when when something is there and i think that's that's why we are still together that we have learned to understand each other's positions and each other's arguments and yeah different approaches to to when the song is done and 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 sitting on the computer end of most of our music i tend to both start and want to end with a lot of electronics and sometimes we have a great and long discussions that sometimes can last a month where where songs are kind of just laying there and we can't really agree on how to move forward because we kind of and then we bring it out again and something has shifted or something has changed so so again it's it's time and it's collaboration that i think brings us forward and and shows us when a song is done but i think it's, it's kind of interesting christopher that even though you are the you are the main man behind the computer then the songs that you actually, where you are like the main composer, are actually some of the the, the acoustic songs. Yeah, hmm. that's interesting. And then some of the songs where other people are like in charge. Then then some of the things that that, that you really bring to the to the party is is all this electronic stuff. Yeah, so I think it's. I think yeah, we are we all have kind of both a love for for, for, for both things: the strictly a cappella thing, the voices and the computers, and then we try to yeah. And and I also think one thing about the balance in it is that whenever we do like putting electronic elements in it, I don't think it's just to put electronics elements in it. It's the electronic elements that that kind of paints it in another color or another emotion that maybe a clear voice doesn't have the same way. So that's why like when you hear some electronic in it, it's not like um, just um, an add-on. It's actually um, kind of like really refined so that it actually um, has a build on that emotion that we're trying to tell in the story. Wow. Well, I, I'm so glad that you, you added that on, Lucas. Like I said, I, I think what the wonderful thing about 
Postera and what you guys are doing and everything has been just further confirmed. It's it's very intentional. It's not just done on a whim. And as you can see, the effect is incredible. And on that note, unfortunately, we do have to take a quick commercial break, but don't go anywhere because we're going to come back and continue speaking with Tina, Lucas and Christopher right here on Talkapella. Every week for an hour, we hand over the keys to the station to wait. Is that right? The listeners? It's true. You, our listeners, can choose what we play for our requests and dedications hour. You can catch it every Thursday at 9 p.m. in the East, 6 p.m. Pacific, and then again on Sundays at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. East, 2 a.m. and 2 p.m. in the West. It's a chance for you to head to our website, pick some tunes that you want to request, or make a dedication. We'll play them right here on our air. Welcome back to Togapella. We are here with Tina, Lucas, and Christopher from Postier out of Denmark. And it's just been, oh my gosh, an amazing conversation. I, I mentioned to Brian during, well, and to everyone during the break, there's just so much more I want to talk about and not enough time. But this has just been such a fantastic conversation. Christopher mentioned earlier that they use technology and electronics in the group. And that's that's been really going on since Postier's inception. So I'm curious, is there any background that you can provide for us as to, as to why you use that. Well, Postura, all the singers in Postura met each other in another group, uh, oh. a very famous European group called Vocaline. I'm not sure okay, if okay, okay. okay. you've heard about Vocaline, but if you haven't, I think you should check it out. Well, they, they were in your, they were part of your 10-year anniversary concert. Yes, they were, because very we cool. owe so much to Vocaline and Jens Johansson. I think it was, you could really say it was our formative years where we had a lot of input about music and songs and uh, lyrics and arrangement. And and the thing about Vocaline is that it's, it's like a collegiate group, except there are 33 singers. And they are, some are young, some are more experienced. Uh, it's a very diverse group. And it's like a mix of an a cappella group and a chorus. I'd say. Okay. Some people would say it's like an XXL vocal group. So <laughs> you will have, you know, all the layers that you have in your kind of standard a cappella group, but then you just have like five parts, then you have so like 12 parts. Yeah. So so very, cool. very complex uh, arrangements. Yeah. And when we started Posture, we were only five people and that was good for songwriting and for, for yeah, the sound that we wanted, except we really missed having all those additional voices that can make build texture and dynamics and you know have a lot of different personalities in in the group so i think that was one of the reasons that we thought about hey let's bring in a looper because then some of the more boring voices that are just repeating themselves over and over again well we could just put that into the looper uh, and then going from there we we also found out that there were actually sounds in our our heads you know and the song the songs that we were writing that, that we weren't really able to make with the voices that we had. Mm -hmm. I know that there are beatboxers who can do amazing things with right, their right. room. And Christopher is also a beatboxer. I'm not, not saying anything bad about, about <laughs> performance, Christopher. But but it was just kind of, we also needed Christopher for singing bass, right? right. So uh, Christopher, he brought he, he brought a lot of uh, different uh, gadgets, I'd say, on, when did you get it? On Amazon or whatever, yeah. and uh, brought it into, into the music. Maybe you can say something more about it yeah so so as tina said we, we wanted to kind of have this as broad a palette of sounds and possibilities with, with our voice and i think that's also the modern approach to vocal music is that you want the deep 
low-end bass that most groups use to get this this more band-like feel and to to use the subs when you're out the, the sub harmonic speakers that you're when you're out performing so you get more of this kick uh, and you also want some of the really high uh, high-pitched sounds uh, with some maybe some reverb or some delay that mm -hmm. catches some of that and, and these are just palettes colors that you can use in your music and and we're kind of just taking that uh, further by uh, infusing some electronic elements into the bass so it sounds more like a, a MOOC synthesizer bass or find uh, pedals and uh, yeah and effects and plugins that uh, that takes advantage of that and I guess that's that's kind of the approach that we're still using today to kind of find elements and and actually I think the world have changed the last five six years uh, that um, the, you can't really hear a pop song or, or in the radio anymore without having some kind of vocal sample manipulated electronic like octave down uh, octaved up some harmonics in the background some sampled reversed or like auto-tuned so so all this is now kind of in the modern way of thinking of music and we 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 did that uh, 10 years ago and are still kind of doing that i think it's hard to kind of follow and and being yeah following this process and and being uh, the the ones who do new stuff because everything is moving so fast but it's but yeah. maybe that's also one of the reasons that i think that our focus is more and more yeah. simply on the songwriting yeah yeah it is so it is the songwriting yeah. and, mm -hmm. and the rest are just like them yeah so. yeah and probably we're working like most uh, modern pop producers with our voices uh, and i don't think there's any magic or, or new things about how we work with our voices uh, compared to a normal pop producer today Perfect. Thank you. Do you feel like with those changes in like modern music that you've been able to maintain posterior's signature sound? Or is that something where you think you're regularly making adjustments to what that looks like? Yeah, we we are regularly making adjustments, I think, and fine tuning okay. things. And, and, and I mean, I think most artists have that when you listen to older albums, they feel like, ah, Mm, I wish I could re-record that today and reproduce it in another way because we have different possibilities and, and new knowledge that we will use today. But if we're moving forward and writing new songs and thinking of new ways of, of doing things. And, and our approach has always been, and I guess still is, that we want to do it live. So, so from from the first, like when the song is kind of finished, and we when we start doing the vocal arrangement, we think of like how is this possible to do live? So sometimes we will do we will arrange a little more voices than just five in uh, in the vocal arrangement, but mostly they'll actually just be five. And then and then when we when we move into the producing and the computer stuff, we always have this uh, in our back in our mind that that we want to be able to perform this live somehow uh, even if it's uh, yeah you could say that you said there are five voices well it should be possible to to use in in a live situation to perform this but this might mm -hmm. mean that one little phrase will be recorded live on stage and then saved for later uh, and and uh, at that certain time where we need it arrangements are often very complex because we have to think about, you know, that all the sounds we need in the end have mm -hmm. here in the arrangement. And it's a it's a really nice uh, dogma. Uh, it's some a really nice yeah. uh, creative process for us to to have this uh, these limitations for us. So, for example, in No Home Without You, we had this back layer in the producing of the song, uh, which is actually just ooh 
that kind of follows the chords. Mm -hmm. uh, and we didn't want to record live. We didn't want to sing first a verse and then a chorus with ooh and then start singing the song. So in that way, I just sing ooh into a microphone for mm -hmm. like 10 seconds, like four bars. And then uh, the computer put that into a vocoder and we pre-programmed that ooh uh, that kind of then follows the chords. So oh, okay. it's still live. Okay, cool. it, it, huh? it demands that I do the right uh, vocals uh, and the right pitch. Otherwise, it will sound really weird. But it's, <laughs> but it's still the computer that do most of the work. So, so, at the, so at its core, just about every one of, if not all of, Posteriors tracks, they're they're meant to be live because I know that so many groups they when they go into the studio, oftentimes they'll have an one particular track on an album that you know they they compose specifically for the album, not meant to be live. But you all are saying that everything that anyone finds of your your catalog online, it's something that they can go to a posterior concert and be and experience basically. yes that's yeah. really important for us okay. and we're also going to talk about in the, in the next song the broken parts song where we use a lot of autotune and and we didn't want to record an autotune song if we couldn't do autotune on five voices on a live concert mm -hmm. and so wow. yeah so it goes back and forth our live concerts really influence the way we produce songs yeah Wow. Well, let's. Well, on that note, let's transition to "Broken Parts," which is you all's new single. Perfect segue, man. D let me start by saying, wow. I'm like, there are so many layers on this great song. It's uh, to me personally, I, it's a bit electronic. It's part R&B, but at the same time, it's it's both warm and also conveys this sense of longing. I'm like, when I was listening to it, this is just everything that just kind of flooded my mind. Uh, I don't know how accurate all of that was, but this is what I experienced from the song. And I'm just curious. Where do you pull from when you write a song that's like just as piercing as this one and at the same time has such a deep emotional landscape? You're like, where does all of this come from for one song? Well, I can try to answer that. Okay. Well, it's I think it's it's how should I say it? Well, first of all, I would say you're right about all, all the things you said. The emotions come from from real life. I mean, we're human beings, we have emotions, sometimes we're happy, sometimes we're not, and then sometimes we are really not happy. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we're not happy in love, and sometimes we're happy in <laughs> love. So, <laughs> so presenting all of those emotions, uh, this was um, a song written from a place where you are so close to a person, but yet so far from getting the love in return that you really wish for. And that feeling I wanted to try to put into a song, mostly because it was something I was going through personally and it was something I wanted to like have a diary feeling about. So whenever I am worked on the chords and also the lyrics and the melodies, it always have to like pull back to that one feeling when I was right there in that moment. How did it feel? So every time I write something else that was catchy or something that was... Uh, sounded nice. I was always asking myself, does that pull string back to that emotion? If yes, I'll keep it. If not, I will take it away. And it's been rewritten five times maybe before we, we landed on it. Yeah. So, but also like maybe like music or movies or art, any form, it's like you take an emotion. For me, it's like I take an emotion and I try to paint a picture. And some, some of the pictures are like the real situation pictures. And some of the pictures are emotions 
to explain the colors of the emotion even more. And the last thing in it is that, that I want to add on is that there's a lot of, how to say, opposite feelings. You don't feel like you should be close, but you can't really get away. You know, it's always the tension in the lyrics. And the tension is also in the, in the chords and the melody. And it's, the tension is also in the production. So that's where it comes from. Wow. Yeah, it, it's I'm sorry, I'm processing all this. It's just like I, I love how it was built around this theme. Like it, it seemed it seemed like you stayed true to this theme and it, like it's so easy just to, I guess, with songs, you know, just put words down and like they sound great and all. And I'm like, we, this goes back to the first segment we were talking about. There's nothing that was unintentional here in this music. And I'm just looking at the lyrics here that just fit so well. And I, I was listening to the song and I tried to find the lyrics online and, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to have to write them down. But the lyrics, well, I guess, learn to live with all of my scars. I surrender every time to love. You hold the pieces of my broken parts, which was just incredible. And um, that how, how long does it take for you personally to come up with your your lyrics for for songs because i know everything's differently but in terms of this one how long was the the process for composition here well for specifically this one it actually came quite fast i think sometimes you know you can take months to month to finish a lyric but this one i think was written in well the verse and and the old lover part was written maybe in a few hours and then there was a different chorus on it. So I, and, and the way I write is like, I always try to finish a song. And then I always try to ask myself, is it good enough? And does it really give the listeners the emotion that I, I want to present or, or that I'm feeling? And then actually I wasn't satisfied with the chorus. Then I tried to rewrite it, but I couldn't. But ac- not accidentally, but my little brother was getting married. So I was writing a song for his marriage or or his wedding. And then while I was writing on that song, I kind of like had a feeling I had something that that fit that song, but it actually could fit the Broken Parts song. So I kind of like put the wedding song on the side and I... And I actually spent and uh, transitioned some of the parts into broken part song, and then I actually wrote the um, how do you say it? I wrote the the melody and the chords another day, like a few months later. So I changed the chorus, and then I tried to fit in some lyrics to that melody and chords. And sometimes I just write down emotions and lyrics, and I had to look through my phone, and I found the it's like a puzzle. I found the lyrics. And it really couldn't fit in. And then I tried to change it around. And then suddenly it all came together. So we had the whole song. And I was like, yes, it's finished now. And it became it became that song. Yeah. We, we also took some, like when we moved on from, from the composition part into the arranging part, we took some uh, important decisions, I think, and, and making the whole arrangement homophonic. So we were all singing the same things at the same time. And that was the first song that we ever sang to together in Posture that was purely homophonic the whole way through from start to finish and that that was special and was kind of also emphasizing some of the the things that Lucas here is is mentioning that that we wanted to communicate this feeling as strong as possible like just five singers singing the same words the same time and this is also I think Something that we are, that at least I am very inspired by, is something that Anders Edenroth from uh, the Swedish a cappella group, The Will Group, once said. He said that something that's very special about the voice is that the voice 
can say lyrics. Mm -hmm. All other instruments don't have lyrics. Mm -hmm. We have a melody together when we sing, we have harmony, we have rhythm. You can sing with emotion, but you can also add, you know, a very specific meaning to to uh, to to a harmony. And I think Lucas's uh, lyrics in this song and the story is so strong that you know, simply putting all the emphasis we could on the melody and the lyric. Yeah, that seems to be the, the best option for this song, Arranging Wise. I don't know why I've never thought about that, but it makes so much sense about the, the human voice and its capabilities and its diverseness right there with just being the only instrument that can do lyrics. That's, that's I definitely did not think, I mean, I've, I've known it, but you, I mean, you realize, you know it, but yeah. you don't really realize it and like grasp that. And then, and, and I mean, Tina, you just said it's so straightforward, and that's 100% right. So the arrangement, it's there's moments where it, it feels a little bit simplified, not in a bad way, in that it allows Tina's vocals to really soar. But other times in this arrangement, there's there's moments where there's like in-your-face harmonies between all the members of the group. Can you tell us what influenced those creative choices on that arrangement? Well, the arrangement was done by our alto. She's called... Oh, okay. So, of course, I don't know exactly what was going on in her mind but, but uh, while, while she was arranging it. But, but I think that, well, these are very complex emotions, as Lucas just said. Mm -hmm. So that kind of rhymes with complex harmonies, mm -hmm. right? Dissonant harmonies. At the same time, the story also tells about loneliness. And I think this rhymes very well with all the breaks and all the emptiness that is then created in this arrangement. You could also say that there are feelings of pain and uh, having a high soprano belt out these, emo these emotion kind of underlines this pain, I think. And at the right. same time, there are also memories of how good it could have been or something like that. That rhymes well with the melody also sometimes being very low and kind of blue. So yeah, I think this is like some of the thoughts behind the arrangement. And then again, this big major decision about having everyone sing the same rhythm at the same time, creating focus on the story and the melody. And then of course, this electronic layer, the auto-tuned sound, that makes it human and at the same time makes it, I don't know what it makes it, it gives even more edge. I think I think there's just one simple, uh, not simple, but there's one keyword for what Tina just said and the whole song run is contrast. It's not like emotions, it's, it's not just one feeling happy or sad, it's all about contrast. So sometimes it's like very complex and then sometimes it's very simple, sometimes there's a lot of sound, sometimes there's no sound. So that contrast is everywhere in the array arrangement and the songwriting and in the production yeah and i'm right yeah and that's perfect because i was gonna i was gonna say i, I feel like i get that contrast and i as well as tina everything that you were explaining i feel like that's woven so well into the video as well because there are times when it's just tina in, in front of the camera and then there are times you just you get the feel of the city and then you get the the visual effects that are kind of doing these these crazy cool cool things here and i'm just i'm just well, and, and those visual effects go perfectly it perfectly complements the sound exactly i'm like everything just works well whether you're listening to it or seeing it i think the picture is painted well and i'm curious you know what what can you share about that process for creating that video and yeah i'm just so happy that you mentioned this because this is uh <laughs> no, but, but truly it, it means a lot to me because i did i did the video 
Well, very, very well done. <laughs> and and uh, and also produced the song. And I think that kind of uh, melting pot to be to have uh, different artistic out uh, artistic outputs to have both the visual part and the the music part is like kind of the interact in a in a really nice way in this project. And it also was very time consuming. Oh, I yeah, believe that. I, I can believe that. <laughs> we recorded this in uh, in July 2019 in Shanghai, okay. right? Oh, that was Shanghai where the video was Yeah, at. in Shanghai, yeah. Okay. And I already had kind of in my mind where the song was going because we already had a demo of the song at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But it wasn't really finished. We hadn't really recorded it yet, but I kind of had it in my mind that I wanted this fast movement, this uh, time-lapse feel of the video. And then we went back uh, with these recordings of, of Lucas and Tina in Shanghai and all these time-lapse uh, movies. And then we started recording the song, producing the song and then when the song was finished then I finished the video and actually our producer that I worked together with on this Morten Winder also a former member of the real group uh, in Sweden and also actually a former member of Pasteur in the very early days oh man yeah it's a, all a small family here in Europe <laughs> he he asked me like where was I thinking of these glitches and small effects in the video when I was producing the song together with him. And I don't think I thought about it, but it must have been somewhere in my mind that, that these things kind of, they should interact some way. And that's, well, I think they, that's they a... Move together perfectly. And, and that's a really important thing in our artistic vision and the way we work in Posture that we do most of the, uh, all of the things ourselves. We do our press photos, we do our bookings, we do our uh, management, we do our videos, we do our web pages, we do all our PR stuff ourselves. And, and it kind Kind of hopefully over time creates this personality that that we want to like the same with the songwriting we want to share some of us and it takes longer it's more expensive it's more time consuming it's uh, more delayed sometimes but it's uh, that's the way we we feel like we get most of out of of being an artist together i think Yeah, and it pays off. I'm like, this video paid off. Oh yeah, completely. absolutely. That's not that's not an obvious thing. It could just as well be be the opposite, but it's really nice. And and actually, the, that the uh, the Corona lockdown that we had here in in Denmark from March to to May was uh, a period where I could like really dig down into creating this, produce a song, and also produce this video. So I had time on my hands that I probably <laughs> normally wouldn't. Had so so that way it was a nice project to to dig into. That's, That's awesome. amazing. Yeah. We said this in the first half, and I'm going to say it again. There's so much I want to talk about, but unfortunately, we do need to take another commercial break. But don't go anywhere because we will be right back for our final segment with Tina Lucas and Christopher from Postier on Tacapella. You may not know this, but Acaville is a nonprofit. We're a community-supported organization, and the way we keep our lights on and keep the music spinning is largely through memberships and contributions. So I encourage you to be a member of Acaville. Not only will you support everything that we're doing and supporting the community and bringing great music and features to you, but there are some pretty killer member benefits out there as well. Head on over to Acaville.org. Check out the member benefits because we'd love to have you as a member of the Acaville community. And we're back on Tacapella with Tina, Lucas, and Christopher from Postier out of Denmark. And per tradition on 
the show, we are going to begin this segment with a round of rapid fire questions to get to know our friends a little bit better. So, Tina, Lucas, and Christopher, are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah. Hit us. Brian? <laughs> Always ready. All right. And here we go. So, first question. What is your favorite location in Denmark? Malspiawe. Close to Malspiawe at my summer house. Okay. I would say Aarhus, where I'm born. Okay. Very cool. <laughs> nice. All right. Question two. What is your favorite non-acapella activity? Electronic music. <laughs> that works. Cook it. Oh, nice. I mean, like, I love... I love songwriting, soul R&B, folk music with a good story. What is one hidden talent you possess that most people don't know about? Then it's not hidden anymore. I play very well with Legos. Oh, awesome. nice. I'm sure that pays off with your almost almost three-year-old. Yeah, I'm a big uh, board game geek. Ooh, okay. okay As is Brian, yes, so same. you share that. Hidden talent. I don't know if I have any, but uh, I love cooking. Yeah, I always invent like songwriting. I invent I invent a lot of recipes that oh, nobody ever tasted. Cool. What? Okay. I don't. Like, I don't know if they like it or not. <laughs> yeah. I'm like any recipes you want to send my way, I will. Oh yeah. Awesome. All right. Question four. When was the last time you did something for the very first time? Hmm. I hadn't played saxophone for like. Yeah, um, I'm an educated saxophone player, but I haven't played saxophone for six years. And uh, three weeks ago, I did a solo concert where I played saxophone at a concert wow. here in Denmark for the first time in six or seven years. And so it's not the first time, but it it felt like the first time I was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. I'm curious. Alto saxophone? Uh, yes. Mostly tenor and soprano saxophone okay, now. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Very cool. My, my brother played the saxophone and he played the alto and the and the berry a little bit. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think the last six months has been uh, a time in my life where I've done so many things for the first time. Uh, having to learn how to use Zoom, for instance, or right, right, different other programs. I built myself a whole new website for and <laughs> things like that. So for, I realized that for many years, I, I've, I've kind of not done anything for the first time. But the last six months, there's been a lot of it. Non-stop first. <laughs> and for me, I think I tried the support for the first time this summer which was really nice. I always wanted to try that. What what is that exactly? The sup the the surfing? Right. Yeah, yeah, where I use a paddle oh, and I said, yeah, for the first time this summer. I always wanted to try you know, that. I mean, I I've done that for the first time as well, but it was about a year ago, so I don't I don't even know the answer to that question for me. <laughs> what is one thing a person needs to be happy? Relations. Yeah, good relations. I would say food. <laughs> you read you read my mind. All right. What is your all-time favorite movie? I've got my phone out for this because if it's something I haven't seen before, I'm a big fan of movies, so I can write it down. Maybe that's a good question. Okay, maybe I can't answer like my all-time favorite movie, but the movie that I love seeing and have watched the most is Sister Act Two, wow. and I movie. I could say and sing everything from that movie. Yes. Yeah, the old happy yeah. day part of that movie is like the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know. I don't. I don't really no, watch that much TV and movies. I I, I play Legos and read books. Oh, you might be a fan of the Lego movie then, in that case. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Movie. Let's say that. But they <laughs> Christopher, did you say one already? I I said Bjørkøb in Grand Prix. I think it's a oh, very very old stop motion movie uh, oh. from Denmark or Sweden. I think. I don't even know how to spell no. that. No, <laughs> <laughs> I can just spell it here in the chat. Uh, yes. Bjørkøb in Grand Prix. I don't think it's translated to uh, to English. Uh, okay. It's okay. really cool about this these small animals doing a race oh, huh. together, and yeah. I think it's from the late 80s. So good luck finding that. You know, I have a brother-in-law who can find anything. So I'm just going to take a picture of this because I won't be able to I won't be able to spell that on my phone quickly. Okay. Thank you. Cats or dogs? Cats. But we have a dog. Whoa. Dog. I'm surprised. Okay. For me, it's a dog. I think a dog. Okay. All right. We have two people now on the show who have ever said cats. <laughs> I have three cats. So it's... Oh, man. So I, I always like to know just... I'm, I'm always curious as to what people prefer. I do like dogs. And if I had a yard, I would have a dog that would get beat up by my three cats. But I do love both. <laughs> and then, then now we have only a dog. And I'm still a cat person. Nice. That's awesome. All right. What is one thing on your bucket list? Going Which... to San Francisco. Ooh, okay. Okay. Nice. I want to go to New York with my family and visit some of my friends and relations there with my family. That'd be great. Have you ever been? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Not, not with my family. Gotcha. I would like to make a road trip from in America from uh, east to west or the other way. Oh, <laughs> that sounds horrible. <laughs> what? That could be fun. I mean, Bye. it would be good. It would be good <laughs> as long as you have like your set pit stops along the way, like everything that you want to visit. That's good I, advice, yeah. But that, it's, that, you don't need more than two, three days to do that, right? About that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Might need a little bit longer. I drove from Utah to Texas because I, I grew up in, in Texas, like almost in Mexico, like very south, like southern tip of Texas. And my husband and I drove there right after we got married. And we did it in about two to three days. And he said we were halfway or he said we got to Texas and we were halfway to her parents' house because Texas is very big. So, yeah, so I, I would recommend doing it in longer than two to three days. Probably, yeah. That's a good idea. <laughs> what is an accomplishment that you're most proud of? It can be professional or personal. Hmm. My personal accomplishment is that I'm still married to my wife and we are celebrating, <laughs> is it called Bronx? In uh, Bronx anniversary, we call that in Denmark when, we are, when you've been married half of 25 years. So that's 12 and a half. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Because I know, I know, twenty-five is your silver anniversary. Twelve and a half, and then we call that bronze anniversary. Very cool. Well, congratulations! Another yes. anniversary to celebrate. Yeah. I'm about halfway to that. Well, I'm, I'm really thinking a lot, but I would say <laughs> if I have to answer right now at the moment, maybe is that I still have a close relationship to my family and my friends, even though I'm traveling so much and touring and stuff. Yeah. Wow. To have that relationship. I mean, I'm a little yeah. jealous. I, I want to travel more, so that's great. Well, I think I would have to say, like, giving birth to my son and also maintaining a professional career while raising my son with my husband. Uh, they have been traveling with me to the U.S. and to China wow. and to many, many different places in Europe during the past uh, three years since he was born. That's awesome. And doing kind of doing both. That's awesome. Wow. That's amazing accomplishments from all of y'all. Final question here. If you could perform with one artist, past or present, who would it be? Nice. 
I have to think. There's so many good ones. <laughs> just one, yeah. Yeah, just one. I have to pick one. Okay. Let me see. Let me see. It's very hard. Okay. Okay. I would. I would say um, the first one that came to mind was actually Beyonce. So I would say Beyonce. Nice. All like very them. good. Great very answers. good responses. Well, thank you all so much. That was a great round of rapid fire questions. I feel like we learned so much about our guest today. I mean, especially Christopher's answer to Cats or Dogs. That was the most important one for Alicia. Awesome. On that note, we are going to transition into our very, very last thing we like to do on Tacapella. We always like to leave our listeners with something that they can walk away with from the show outside of all this wonderful information from our guests. And so we like to ask our guests if they could offer some advice to listeners out there. You know, what would they say? So we pose that same question to each of you. If you could say something inspirational, offer some advice, leave our guests with some final words. What would you say? Well, I would say that if you ever want to do something, make a new project, go with an idea, then find someone else to do it with. Yeah, Don't do it alone. Yeah. Find That's someone. Awesome. Well, I would say always stay curious and choose love. Oh. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So how can I follow up on that? Yeah, I think what what we learned in Postura and what we really try to remember after 10 years is being together and still making music together is that relations are more important than accomplishments, I guess. Right. So my advice would be some of the same to find some people that you really like at a personal level and do something professional with them if you if it's possible. Right? That's that would be the approach. Yeah, wonderful advice. Thank you all so much. And on that note, if our listeners wanted to learn more about Poster, learn about the projects that you all have going on, where could they go? Well, they can go to Facebook, find us on Facebook uh, at uh, Postyr, P-O-S-T-Y, or they can find us on Instagram. We're not that active on Instagram, but I know Tine Fries is very active on Instagram, and I think you can follow her on Tine Fries, Ronsfeld underscore vocal music. Right. You could also really help us in these for music musicians difficult times if you go ahead and buy our music on iTunes or any other platforms or if you subscribe to our YouTube channel or Spotify. That would mean a lot to us. Some of the things that we also um, known to do is that we every year we host a summer camp and uh, Lisa Forkish came all the way from the States to be really? part of the summer camp. We have people flying in from India and from wow. China. Of course, yeah. most people come from Denmark and Scandinavia. <laughs> <laughs> we have some rare birds flying in occasionally and I expect we have a summer camp next year in Denmark, like we also had one this summer. Also, we are, as a group, very involved in Aarhus Vocal Festival. And if you don't know what that is, I think uh, some of you would also find it interesting to check out what Aarhus Vocal Festival is all about. You can find that at AAVF. Dot DK. Yeah. Other things, Christopher. What yeah. Are you on? If you if you want to keep yourself updated, then you can sign up for a newsletter, our Posture newsletter, which comes out like once a month, once every second month. And uh, Tina and I also have a side project where we write books about icebreakers and uh, oh, uh, ways to uh, break the ice. And we collect all these uh, really good exercises to bring people together and, and how to kind of get a good feel in a rehearsal room. And it's written for teachers and choir conductors. 
That is very cool. Yeah. Check that out. And it's on breaktheice.dk. You can find more about that. And sometimes we'll also advertise a little bit about that on our Posture newsletter. Perfect. Breaktheice.dk. Yeah. So we have books, we have camps, we have festivals, we have social media. There's no reason why you all shouldn't go out and support Posteer. I'm like, they have so much going on, so many incredible things. And we didn't even get a chance to discuss this, but we'd be remiss if we didn't at least mention it. We just want to say congrats. You all were selected for the Voices Only compilation for No Home Without You. What an honor. Amazing job. That's awesome. And on that note, Alicia, if our listeners wanted to go and learn a little bit more about you, where could they go? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is Alicia Edwards 19. So that's E-L-I-C-I-A Edwards 19. You can also find me on Instagram. My Instagram is E.squared1989. How about you, Brian? As always, you can go follow me on Twitter at the Brian Alex Brian with an I and go follow all the work that I do with College Acapella on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And on that note, that's going to wrap up today's show. We want to thank Tina, Lucas, and Christopher, so much for joining us from Poster today. You all were amazing guests. Yes. Thanks for having and us. Hands down. Yeah, thanks for having us. Oh, yeah, of no course. No problem. Anytime. You are always welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. And on that note, please go give Talkapella a follow on Twitter. We have a Twitter account, Talkapella, two P's, two L's as well. You can go to our website to hear past episodes at talkapella.org. And as always, give Acaville Radio a follow. They are the reason that we have this wonderful platform to continue to converse with so many incredible guests such as posted like we did today. Now, that's going to wrap up today's show. We just want to Thank everyone for joining us today and for everything else. Stay tuned.